the light screen. Oh, there we go. What up, students? How are y'all? Um, I'm Matthew. I've met most of y'all, but in case you don't know, um, I'm the youth intern here. I've been all summer, so if you don't know me, one of us messed up. I don't know which one it was, but um, tonight I'm going to be talking about 1 Peter chapter 3, um, verses 13 through 22. Um, the first thing I want to do is just pray um, and ask God to help me. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little nervous. I haven't done this before, but I know God's going to talk through me, so uh, yeah, let's just pray real quick. Dear God, um, I thank you for giving me this opportunity. Um, I thank you for these students. Um, I pray that you would help them to get at least one thing out that they can, um, from what I say, um, that they can apply to their lives. Um, I know that you are good, and I know that you have a plan um, for each of their lives. So I just pray that you would help them to listen, um, help me to speak clearly, um, and listen to your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, I'm going to start by sharing just a little story, uh, not really a story, but just a quote um, by a guy named Penn Fraser Gillette. Uh, he's a magician. Um, he's a pretty famous magician, um, but he's also a well-known atheist. Um, he doesn't believe in God. He never has. Um, he's vocally um, against Christianity and against um, all gods. But he said this. He said, if you believe there's a heaven and a hell and you think it's not worth telling someone about it, how much do you have to hate him to not attempt to convert him? Um, I think that just speaks um, evidently to us as Christians that we need to um, have that in mind um, as we're living our daily lives. We need to realize that um, hell is a real place, um, and although it's scary, um, we as Christians have the hope that we go to heaven. Um, in the Bible it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And we should live in confidence with that, but we should also be mindful of our lost friends, family members, um, people we come in contact with every day, um, and just be mindful of that. And know that if we, you know, don't have that impact on them, then they are going to go to um, a place called hell. Um, sharing the gospel is the most important thing um, we can do as Christians. I mean, just think about if an atheist is uh, sharing that you know, how could you hate someone so much to not share the gospel with them? Um, and we as Christians, you know, just push that to the back of our mind and don't really live like that. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17, um, this just kind of gives us the confidence that we need um, to share the gospel. But it just says, you know, if you are in Christ and you're a new creation. Um, and also Matthew 28.19-20, which is the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Um, that's just our call as Christians, um, and when we're mindful of that, then we're going to live differently because of that. Um, the main thing I want us to learn uh, is to do good so people see Christ and the hope he gives in us, and then know the power we have in Christ, and have enough boldness to share what we have with others. Um, the three points I'm going to be talking about is sometimes we are going to suffer for Christ because we are called to be set apart, and that's like going to upset people. Um, that's hard to do. Um, the second point is we should always be prepared to make a defense for Christ. Um, this could be talking to someone about the validity of Christ in the Bible or um, sharing what is different um, in you and what Christ has done in you to make you different. 
Um, my last point is we're going to have, we have an unimaginable power if we are Christian because Christ is in us and gives us that power freely to do his will. First um, Peter, it was written, Mick, Mickey kind of talked about it, um, why it was written and all that, but just to re, um, rephrase it, first Peter wrote this to the early Christians of the church um, across minor Asia, and they were, he wrote it in order to kind of give them a confidence boost because they were being persecuted. Um, the early church, like as most of y'all, some of y'all know maybe, that 10 of the 11 um, apostles were killed, um, martyrs for what they believed. Um, John was the only one, and he was exiled to an island. So Peter just wrote this to the early Christians, um, just kind of to bring them hope and make them realize that their sufferings weren't going um, unnoticed. So I'm going to read the whole scripture. Um, it's kind of a lot, but I just feel like that's important. So if you want to open your Bibles to First Peter chapter 3. Um, I'm going to start reading. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having good consciousness, conscious so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey. When God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. Um, my first point, just to reiterate, is that sometimes we are going to be um, persecuted for um, being set apart um, by Christ. Uh, I just want to read, read verse 13 and 14. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? Zealous being um, constantly, like, pursuing something, um, just having that mindset at all times. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Um, I just want to say, like, some things, some ways we can do this. Uh, if you're at lunch in the cafeteria or whatnot, I'm sure most of you all go to school or just anywhere with your friends and what whatever you're doing, um, and they start making, you know, bad comments about other people, gossiping, um, just saying anything that is just unholy um, and shouldn't be talked about, and you're just joining in, you know, you're laughing along, that's not, that's not being set apart. But, like, if you're the one saying, hey, like, we shouldn't talk like that, or, like, I don't approve of that kind of talk, like, that type of stuff, which I know is hard as Christians because, like, you want to be, you know, accepted by other people, but like we shouldn't be the ones um, joining in with that and making that seem okay to non-believers. Or similarly, like I was in high school and college, I know that parties happen, like you go to a party, someone offers you something, like being firm in your beliefs and knowing that like, hey, like I shouldn't be doing this, I shouldn't drink, I shouldn't, you know, smoke, I shouldn't do those types of things. 
Um, but just being, having that confidence in Christ and being set apart. Um, and I feel like our biggest fear is the fact that, uh, ooh, sorry, is that um, our suffering is just going to be so bad, our persecution is going to be so horrible. Um, but you just have to think like what Christ did for you on the cross. Um, he took our burden, um, which was just awful. I mean, he was whipped. He was got nails in his hands and feet um, and a spear in his side. And the worst part of it all was the fact that God separated himself from Christ, which Christ had never experienced and won't ever experience again. He's eternal. But for those few moments, um, God left him, and that just broke him. Um, and I just want to reread um, verses 18, 19, and 20 real quick. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. Um, I just want to talk about verse 19, because that, that is something that is debated um, in the church. Most scholars do believe that Christ went and proclaimed um, his message to um, the spirits in hell, um, which I know is confusing. It wasn't that he was going there to save them, because once you are in hell, you're in hell, and there's no getting out of that. But he went and just warned them of the judgment that was coming um, for them and for the world. But I want, you to, I want to give you hope. Um, in Philippians 2.10, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth. And just knowing that God is all-powerful uh, and nothing nothing that can take you out of his hand. And just knowing that one day everyone will realize um, what Jesus did, um, even if they were a believer or not. But um, back to what I was talking about earlier, being set apart. Um, after my senior year of high school, I went through um, the hardest year of my life as a Christian. Um, I fell into some things. I'm not going to get into all the details, but I was not living right for Christ. I was not living set apart. Um, and after come, I came out of that, after that full year, it was almost exactly a full year. Um, I, like, looked back to my life, and, like, my dad kind of, you know, was, like, you know, look back and see, like, all your mistakes and, like, not to, like, make me feel awful about it, but just to see, like, the impact I had on people, and, like, I realized I had no impact on anyone. I was just there, living life, sinning, um, you know, being a horrible person, um, and that really broke me. I'm thankful that my dad told me to do that, because I looked back and realized how I ruined my witness, um, and how so many people that I knew, and that I would call my friends, like, looked at me in a different way. And I just want to encourage you all to know that even if you have been living in sin for a while and, like, your friends expect that from you, um, there's always a way out, um, and Jesus is better. And if they're truly your friends, um, and I, you can look at me in as, an, as an example, but, you know, the, my true friends, the ones that were still doing the stuff with me, and after I changed, I realized that they were my true friends because they, they knew that um, 
I really was serious about um, my faith, and most of them have changed the way they're living as well. But obviously, I did lose friends, the ones that didn't want to change, and that was really hard. But now that I'm through it and looking back, I, I realize God's hand and all of that. Um, the importance of that is the fact that people do notice that we're different as Christians. We are um, different in Christ, and people do notice that. Um, and we should be prepared to tell them about the difference in us. Willie Giglio said this, the most normal thing you can do is tell someone why you are different. The kindest thing you can do for someone is pray for someone's salvation. Um, I'm going to say that one more time. The most normal thing you can do is tell someone why you are different. The kindest thing you can do for someone is pray for someone's salvation. I mean, just think about that. The most normal thing you can do is tell someone why you're different. Um, as Christians, like, that's what we're called to do. When someone asks us, you know, what makes us who we are, the first thing on our, on our mind should be that, you know, I'm a follower of Christ. And then the second part, the kindest thing you can do for someone is pray for someone's salvation. I feel like we leave that part out often. I know I do. Um, you know, I'm all for if someone comes up and asks me, you know, about Christianity to tell them, but am I actively, actively praying for my lost friends and for lost people in the world? I just feel like we sometimes skip over that, um, and that can be the, the biggest change that we could see happen in their lives. I do want to stress um, the importance. Um, in verse 15, at the very end, it says, yet do it with gentleness and respect. I feel like a lot of times we put ourselves on this, you know, high horse. Oh, look at me. I'm so great. I don't deal with any of those big sins um, and whatnot. But in reality, like, we're all deserving of the cross. And thankfully, Jesus took that away from us. But your sin is just as bad as someone who's on death row. Like, there's no difference in sin. Um, But I just don't think, like... I wrote this down. Don't tell someone how they can be different, but explain why you are different. There's no need for us to be judgmental towards um, our lost friends, but instead we should be telling them, like, what God has done in our lives. Um, I just think, like, it's easy for us to talk about, you know, what, what game's on, what, um, you know, about school, and it's hard for us to have a real meaningful conversation about Christ. And I think we all need to do a better job of that. Um, I'm going to read verse 21. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, this is the most important part um, of, our, of our life, is making that decision and realizing that um, what we are is because of the resurrection of Jesus. And um, the next step in that should be baptism. That's the first step to obedience in Christ. After you get saved, there should be that step of believer's baptism. And I'm not saying you're not a Christian if you aren't baptized, but I do think that that is um, the first step in obedience, and it should be taken, and it shouldn't be taken lightly. Um, so back to just being... Uh, prepared and having your heart prepared uh, to share things about Christ. Um, It was my fall semester of my senior year of high school. Um, 
one of my friends, he called me. It was like 11 o'clock at night. It was pretty late. And he was like, hey, can we meet? And in high school, I went to bed at like 10. So I was already in bed. And he called me, and I was like, yeah, like, what's up? Like, can we just meet tomorrow? And he was like, no, no, like, I have to meet with you tonight. And I was like, okay, like, a little weird, but, you know, not out of the blue. So we went and met at gas, a gas station in Deer Creek, and we're sitting there talking, and he, like, started crying and stuff, and I had never seen my friend like this before. And I was like, you all right? Like, what's going on and whatnot? And he was like, I just, you know, have been depressed, and he dealt with a couple of things, and I'm not going to get into the details about his life, but it was pretty serious stuff, and I was like, okay, like, what do you want me to do? Like, do you need me to call your parents? And he was like, no, no, I just want to ask you something. And I was like, okay. And he was like, uh, how do you have joy every day? Like, what? Like, you come in every day, no matter what time it is, and you just always got a smile on your face. And I was like, well, like, I don't know. And then I was like, no, like, I do know. It's because of what Jesus did. And um, I'm not saying that to, like, boast or brag or whatnot, but, like, people notice us. We, we stand out when we're living um, for Christ. And um, I feel like I wasn't as fully prepared as I should have been. But I do feel like my answer was sufficient in him, and he understood what was different about me. But I just want you all to know that you're not always going to have all the answers. Um, so he asked me some tough questions that I just had to be like, I don't know, and that's okay. And sometimes we just have to be okay with that. But I do think that being prayer, um, being in prayer and in the Bible can help you, um, especially when people ask you, you know, those hard questions. Um, my last point is we have an unimaginable power if we are a Christian because Christ is in us and gives us that power freely to do his will. Um, there's a bunch of scripture um, in the Bible um, that mentions the power we have in Christ. I'm just going to mention a couple. Second Timothy 1.7 For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Luke 10.19 Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Um, I mean, isn't that just like a little empowering, just knowing that Christ is in us, his Holy Spirit's in us, and he, he wants us to know about that power that he gives us um, when we accept him, and just living in that and um, being bold and knowing that nothing, nothing can stop us when he's with us. Um, I just feel like we come up with excuses all the time, like why we can't, why we can't share with this person. Like, you know, we have a fear of what others are going to think. We feel like we aren't worthy enough um, for God to use us, whether that be through sin or other struggles that we have. Um, We don't think we are smart enough for people to understand what we are talking about. And I just think that's a great reminder that we need to live knowing that it isn't us who is doing anything, but it's all God working through us. Um, In summary, We first need to be set apart by the way we live. And although there may be suffering that comes, this is what sets us apart from non-believers. Next, we need to be prepared to share what God has done in our lives and know that we have an extraordinary power that comes from God. Um, Here's what I want to challenge you all to do. 
Um, for non-believers, um, the first step is salvation. The first step is realizing um, that we are sinful and that um, we can't do it on our own and just giving it to God, giving our struggles to God and just accepting Him and realizing what He did on the cross with His death, burial, and resurrection and just um, giving our life to Him. For believers, um, I just want to challenge y'all to, um, to know that hell is a real place and that when we really think on that and pray on that and like we should have a heart for our friends um, and knowing where they're going to end up and like that, should, that just scares me so much knowing all the people that I know who haven't accepted Christ as Lord and like we should be actively praying for those people and actively searching for opportunities in our conversations to have an impact on them. Um, and having that confidence, like I just said, of knowing that when Christ is in us, we have a power that can't be stopped. And although, you know, it may not always go as planned, like we're planting those seeds for in the future, um, and just, like, you never know what you, when, what you say could have an impact on people. So that's all I have. I'm going to pray, and then I think Zach's going to come lead us. So. Dear God, I uh, thank you for this, giving me this opportunity. I pray that you would just um, help these students, Lord, help me um, to just be mindful of the opportunities that you provide, Lord, to share what you've done in our own lives um, with other people. I pray for people that don't know you personally, Lord. I pray that you would just um, kick down those barriers, Lord, kick down those doors that are um, keeping them from accepting um, you into their lives. And I just um, thank you again for giving me this opportunity. I thank you for these students, Lord. Um, they've impacted me um, more than they know. And I just pray that you would help us the rest of this week, Lord, to go out and... Um, have an impact for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.